episode 61. Listen, Hagrid, I can't stay long. I've got to be back up at the castle for one o'clock. But Hagrid wasn't listening. He was opening the cabin door and striding off into the night. Harry hurried to follow and found, to his great surprise, that Hagrid was leading him to the Beaubetons' carriage. Hagrid, what? Shh, said Hagrid, and he knocked three times on the door, bearing the crossed golden wands. Madame Maxime opened it. She was wearing a silk shawl wrapped around her massive shoulders. She smiled when she saw Hagrid. Oh, Hagrid, is it time? Bong sir, said Hagrid, beaming at her and holding out a hand to help her down the golden steps. Madame Maxime closed the door behind her. Hagrid offered her his arm, and they set off around the edge of the paddock containing Madame Maxime's giant winged horses, with Harry totally bewildered, running to keep up with them. Had Hagrid wanted to show him Madame Maxime? He could see her any old time he wanted. She, she wasn't exactly hard to miss. But it seemed that Madame Maxime was in for the same treat as Harry. Because after a while, she said playfully, Where is it you're taking me, Hagrid? You'll enjoy this, said Hagrid gruffly. Worth saying, trust me. Only don't go telling anyone I showed you, right? You're not supposed to know. Of course not, said Madame Maxime, fluttering her long black eyelashes. And still they walked, Harry getting more and more irritable as he jogged along in their wake, checking his watch every now and then. Hagrid had some harebrained scheme in hand which might make him miss Sirius. If they didn't get there soon, he was going to turn around, go straight back to the castle, and leave Hagrid to enjoy his moonlit stroll with Madame Maxime. But then, when they had walked so far around the perimeter of the forest that the castle and the lake were out of sight, Harry heard something. Men were shouting up ahead. Then came a deafening, ear-splitting roar. Hagrid led Madame Maxime around a clump of trees and came to a halt. Harry hurried up alongside them. For a split second, he thought he was seeing bonfires and men darting around them. And then his mouth fell open. Dragons. Four fully grown, enormous, vicious-looking dragons were rearing on their hind legs inside an enclosure fenced with thick planks of wood, roaring and snorting. Torrents of fire were shooting into the sky from their open, fanged mouths, fifty feet above the ground on their outstretched necks. There was a silvery blue one with long pointed horns snapping and snarling at the wizards on the ground, a smooth scaled green one which was writhing and stamping with all its might, a red one with an odd fringe of fine gold spikes around its face which was shooting mushroom shaped fire clouds into the air, and a gigantic black one more lizard like than the others which was nearest to them. At least thirty wizards, seven or eight to each dragon, were attempting to control them. 
pulling on the chains connected to heavy leather straps around their necks and legs. Mesmerized, Harry looked up high above him and saw the eyes of the black dragon with vertical pupils like a cat's, bulging with either fear or rage. He couldn't tell which. It was making a horrible noise, a yowling, screeching scream. Keep back there, Hagrid, yelled a wizard near the fence, straining on the chain he was holding. They can shoot fire at the range of twenty feet, you know. I've seen this one day I'll do forty. Isn't it beautiful, said Hagrid softly. It's no good, yelled another wizard. Stunning spells, on the count of three. Harry saw each of the dragon keepers pull out his wand. Stupefy, they shouted in unison, and these stunning spells shot into the darkness like fiery rockets, bursting in showers of stars on the dragon's scaly hides. Harry watched the dragon nearest to them teeter dangerously on its back legs, its jaw stretched wide in a sudden silent howl. Its nostrils were suddenly devoid of flame, though still smoking. Then, very slowly, it fell. Several tons of sinewy, scaly black dragon hit the ground with a thud that Harry could have sworn made the trees behind him quake. The dragon keepers lowered their wands and walked forward to their fallen charges, each of which was the size of a small hill. They hurried to tighten the chains and fasten them securely to iron pegs, which they forced deep into the ground with their wands. Want a closer look? Hagrid asked Madame Maxime excitedly. The pair of them moved right up to the fence, and Harry followed. The wizard, who had warned Hagrid not to come any closer, turned, and Harry realized who it was. Charlie Weasley! All right, Hagrid, he panted, coming over to talk. They should be okay now. We put them out with a sleeping draft on the way here, though it might be better for them to wake up in the dark and the quiet. But, like you saw, they weren't happy. Not happy at all. What brains you got there, Charlie? said Hagrid, gazing at the closest dragon, the black one, with something close to reverence. Its eyes were still just open. Harry could see a strip of gleaming yellow beneath its wrinkled black eyelid. This is a Hungarian horntail, said Charlie. There's a common Welsh green over there, the smaller one, a Swedish short snout, that blue-gray, and a Chinese fireball, that's the red. Charlie looked around. Madame Maxime was strolling away around the edge of the enclosure, gazing at the stunned dragons. I didn't know you were bringing her, Hagrid, Charlie said, frowning. The champions aren't supposed to know what's coming. Well, she's bound to tell her student, isn't she? Yeah, just thought she'd like to see him, shrugged Hagrid, still gazing enraptured at the dragons. Really romantic date, Hagrid, said Charlie, shaking his head. Four, said Hagrid. So it's one for each of the champions, is it? What have they got to do, fight them? Mm, just get past them, I think, said Charlie. We'll be on hand if it gets nasty, extinguishing spells at the ready. They wanted nesting mothers, I don't know why, but I tell you this, I don't envy the one who gets the horn tail. Vicious thing. Its back end's as dangerous as its front. Look. 
Charlie pointed toward the horn-tail's tail, and Harry saw long, bronze-colored spikes protruding along it every few inches. Five of Charlie's fellow keepers staggered up to the horn-tail at that moment, carrying a clutch of huge granite-gray eggs between them in a blanket. They placed them carefully at the horn-tail's side. Hagrid let out a moan of longing. I've got them counted, Hagrid, said Charlie sternly. Then he said, how's Harry? Fine, said Hagrid. He was still gazing at the eggs. Just hope he's still fine after he's faced this lot, said Charlie grimly, looking out over the dragon's enclosure. I didn't dare tell Mum what he's got to do for the first task. She's already having kittens about him. Charlie imitated his mother's anxious voice. How can they let him into that tournament? He's much too young. I thought they were all safe. I thought there was going to be an age limit. She was in floods after that Daily Prophet article about him. He still cries about his parents. Oh, bless him. I never knew. Harry had had enough. Trusting to the fact that Hagrid wouldn't miss him with the attractions of four dragons and Madame Maxime to occupy him, he turned silently and began to walk away back to the castle. He didn't know whether he was glad he'd seen what was coming or not. Perhaps this way was better. The first shock was over now. Maybe if he'd seen the dragons for the first time on Tuesday, he would have passed out cold in front of the whole school. But maybe he would anyway. He was going to be armed with his wand, which just now felt like nothing more than a narrow strip of wood against a 50-foot-high, scaly, spike-ridden, fire-breathing dragon, and he had to get past it, with everyone watching. How?